brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters. Welcome to Change the Game podcast, podcast episode five. Uh, we're talking today about reducing violence in our community, uh, especially uh, within the Mackay community. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that we meet upon today, the Yui people um, of the Kulin Nation, and pay more respects to both elders past, present, and emerging. I'm my name's Mitch Cook um, from Mackay Cutters, Operations Manager, and I'm very lucky to be sharing the microphone today with uh, Sergeant Nigel Dalton from the Mackay Police Force. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you very much, Mitch. All right, so 37th year uh, within the force. That's very impressive. Um, I'm only, I'm definitely uh, younger than that, so you've been in the police force longer than I've been alive. Um, so I guess, you know, the conversation today we're going to have about reducing violence in our community you're going to be sharing a lot of your experiences. Um, so, yeah, thank you for coming on. You're very welcome. It's lovely to be here and a great initiative. So th we do have, uh, we have had in the past, um, you know, over months a campaign about having a assault-free zone um, within the Mackay community. Can you just tell us a little bit about why that has been important to raise awareness around um, our community and the important um, uh issue about changing those behaviours. Yeah, that's right. Uh, basically, an assault, um, any assault can turn into an absolute disaster. Mm -hmm. And uh, we came up with this idea about uh, 2018 to say, you know, how can we get another slogan within the police to allow people to basically say, we don't tolerate assaults in our community. Now, tolerate's a big word, and it doesn't really sort of run very well on a, on a slogan. So uh, I was sitting down with some police officers. We were doing some training, and there was some scenarios going on. We all had to wait for those scenarios to go on. And I said to the, the frontline officers, I said, come on, let's think of a, a slogan. So we sat around, about 18 or 20 of us, just banding ideas around. And at that time, we had the uh, smoke-free zones just being developed in pubs and clubs. Yeah. And I said we should have that because you know we re we really want to be able to say we just have no reason to fight in this place no reason to have an assault so when we um, we we went through the process we came up with the assault free zone idea i took it some to some learned friends around the community who i've worked with for some time and i said what do you think this great idea lovely but if you had that at the entrance to a pub or a school or a hospital or something you know assault free zone in here but out here you can do what you want. So we added the our community is as an assault-free zone. And that's our aspiration. That's why, where we want to be. We want to say at the end of a week, we haven't had anybody hitting anybody else. It's a big ask, mm. but that's where we're heading. And talk us through a little bit of you know, those statistics that have um, prompted you to act in this way over the last little period and probably more recently yeah. now. More recently, we've uh, reinvigorated the campaign and uh, we've... Um, We've noticed that our assault rate is going up quite rapidly in Mackay. That's a Mackay district, so it's uh, all the way from Bowen to St. Lawrence out to Claremont, so it's a huge area. But we're having spikes of uh, assaults happening throughout that whole area. And in the past, we sort of almost concentrated those assault issues in our licensed premises or our, our safe night precincts. Mm -hmm. And it was quite... Uh, an easy fix for us because we just layered more and more police in there. Security staff were trained better and the, the people who worked within the licensed premises were taught how to identify um, some of the problems. But now we're seeing those assaults happening in most varying places. 
they're not necessarily happening in the safe night precincts mm -hmm. or the licensed premises. They're happening 54% of the time in people's homes. We aren't there. We can't layer ourselves into people's houses to prevent this happening. Then we looked at the figures a little closer and we actually saw that most people would immediately think that the home assault is connected to a domestic family violence situation. Now, there are quite a few, and it's very, very sad, and it's, uh, you know, it's definitely something we want to change. But we noticed that there are a lot of assaults happening where the two people involved were not in any relationship whatsoever. They weren't family, they weren't in a relationship, and they were happening because there was a party there, or it was some housemates who were living together. Or it was some, um, in one example, there was a, there was a man who uh, was um, given some information by his daughter about some social media issue. So the man went to speak to the other girl's father and they had a fight on the doorstep. We can't solve, stop that happening. And we really want the public to come on board and say, that just isn't right. You know, as I said, one assault could be a fatality. And we know that when somebody goes into the, you know, the, the trauma wards in, in hospitals, they don't fix the brain. Hmm. They can only stabilize it. So whatever the situation is, once that person has hit the ground and hurt their head on the, on the pavement or the concrete or whatever it might be, or, or the kitchen bench, they can't fix that. It's only going to be changed by stabilization. Yeah, so we, we need to change behaviors. Um, so how how can we do that? What what is this campaign teaching people to? Is it step back and think? Is it um, you know whether it's drinking too much alcohol or, or, or yeah. drugs? Yeah, there's 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 obviously many many factors into why somebody assaults somebody else. But what we've uh, seen in um, in Moranbah, we had uh, a situation outside a pub. You know, late one night there was a fight. <clears throat> what we actually heard from the people giving the evidence was people were saying, this is an assault-free zone, stop that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to generate in our community. We want people to say, we don't want that here. Now, to throw a punch takes a moment's anger yeah. and it can happen so quickly. We want people to start thinking well before that and say, okay, can I walk away and ch chill out in this matter? Can I move away from the situation, not get physical? And maybe the alcohol or maybe the illegal substances which might be inside that body are reducing the ability of that person to argue. Because we all argue. Mm -hmm. We have a discussion or it could be called an argument. We don't all get to the point where we have to hit each other. Yeah. Add alcohol into your system or illegal drugs. You can change your ability to argue for the, for the, for the negative. Mm -hmm. So you just turn to violence. Yep. Um, you mentioned uh, DV before, so Domestic Violence Awareness Month is May. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we are in May right now and you know, it's great to wait, raise awareness about that um, because as you mentioned, you, you aren't there in the moment. But um, you know, what, a, what is uh, DV Awareness Month um, in particular May? What, how are we raising awareness and how are we changing well, uh, firstly, I'd like to make sure that your listeners and viewers don't understand that DV and family protection is all about assaults. Mm -hmm. It's far, far more than that. Uh, there's coercive behavior. There's that sort of um, um, isolating one partner from their friends, their community. Uh, all sorts of things make up domestic and family violence. And assault is obviously the very easy one for us to identify. We go to the scene of something, somebody's got a cut or a, a bruise. Well, we know what's happened. 
it's not difficult for us to work that out, but we do have to get better at identifying the co coercive material. I draw your attention to a, a video that Queensland Police have just put out, uh, which is um, demonstrating how difficult it is for police officers to do their job sometimes. We want to make sure that the public are uh, really confident and happy to come to us to report. But we know that that reporting is sometimes the biggest step that that person could make in their lives. Because yeah. basically they could finish a relationship. And all relationships start with love. And if you're falling out of love, it's one of the hardest things to deal with. And then going to tell some police officer you may never have met before at the front counter of a police station, that's tough. Mm. So we have produced this video, and it's, it's a, a powerful video where it talks to the frontline officers, talking about their, um, well, their shock at going to their first domestic violence situation. And then it's talking about what we're doing in the background now, uh, trying to make sure that all referrals are uh, as best as possible followed up and we get the right outcome for the both parties. And we protect the aggrieved person. The aggrieved person is the person who's, who's, uh, who's the victim in, this, in the situation. We protect the family. We protect the kids, in-laws, uh, and, uh, and, and cousins, and so on. So um, that, that video really does talk straight to the heart that every single police officer who goes out every day could be involved in dealing with a domestic violence situation. And we might have to really stretch our abilities to understand what the best way forward is. Mm -hmm. We try our best, we get really well trained, but you know what, sometimes we do make mistakes. And that's recognized in the video, but we don't. We wanna make less and less mistakes. We wanna show the public that we are at best doing absolutely our best. So that extra support, um, what, what are some examples of the support network that is created around yeah. those victims? Yeah, well, there's the, the Women's Centre here in Mackay is, is a 21st century ideal situation where they have counsellors, they have psychologists, they have child psychologists who can um, talk through with the victim, the aggrieved, yeah. uh, in, in those situations. If it's, if it's a female, then we've got Relationships uh, Counselling Australia and we've got Lifeline, Men's Line. There are, there are national uh, bodies which are available. Um, but even just letting your, your, um, your listeners and viewers know that when a domestic violence situation is happening, and it could be two officers in a two officer station up the valley, for example, and they attend that, that thing, they may not know the answers. We now have somebody, an expert in Brisbane at headquarters able to be spoken to on the phone. And sometimes they're actually monitoring the incident as it's going on on, on our uh, Q light systems. Okay. So we're, we're doing absolutely everything we can because the police officers may be focused on the very obvious when they get to the scene. Mm. But the obvious is not necessarily the crux of the problem. Now, admittedly, the assault is a nasty, horrible thing that we will have to deal with medically and, and, and the person will have to recover from that. But what we want to look at is what, how have they got to that point? What has been happening? Do we need to actually maybe educate uh, and, and look after the family? And we've just gone through COVID, or we're still in the in the midst of uh, COVID nineteen. But especially last year, you know, was there a rise in in domestic violence? There was certainly a rise in the, the need for people to get help. Okay. The the statistics are a little bit. Um, difficult to rely on all the time, mm -hmm. but we were certainly very busy through, through the COVID period. And uh, you know th those, uh, those situations uh, rose their head probably because we were in closer contact with each other for longer periods of time. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully those people have now got the help they need and the, their relationship is going on. Just because a domestic violence order is taken out doesn't mean it's the end of a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just maybe a stop 
gap is just that finger in the dike that says, hang on a minute, you need some help here. Yeah. Go and get that help and the relationship can carry on. So change, change and this is the point of, you know, why we're doing this this pod and vodcast and, you know, to cha yeah. change the game, change behaviours and people's thinking. Um, so how, how has this campaign been promoted within the Mackay um, and district community? Well, we're, we're, uh, it's already been promoted through every school. Yep. Uh, every high school's um, got uh, material that they have um, able to display. Uh, Canelands have very kindly uh, put their um, on their big uh, visual boards um, the Assault Free Zone logos. Mm -hmm. The guys up in Northern Beaches Bowls Club, again, they've, they've come and said, yeah, we'll display ours for free. Uh, we don't have an endless budget. Mm -hmm. We're not a commercial thing where we can make money out of advertising. We just, uh, you know, we just push it out there into the community. So we're handing out cards as we're doing random breath tests now. So we're actually set up giving somebody, once they've, they've passed the random breath test and they're negative, we hand them an assault-free zone card, so that's actually going back into the house. We've uh, uh, had um, bags, uh, like you buy your um, Bundy or your Bundy rum or your bottle of wine from the bottle shop with the logos on that, those, so they're actually going back into the home because we're recognizing that's where we need to get the message. We need yeah. to, people to re be reminded that this is an assault-free zone. Our community is an assault-free zone. So the signs and the symbols is what's making the biggest impact. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, when we looked at um, the Murrumbah situation, not just that one fight I mentioned earlier, um, we looked at their uh, situation when we first um, launched the campaign. They had something like 19 assaults in a, in a, I think it was two or three month period. When they actually had uh, pushed the, the information out to the community and so on, into all the clubs, into the town square, if you go into Murrumbah, you'll see assault-free zone signs everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, they then had one assault in the next three months. Yeah, that's that's a great change, and that wasn't just because it got cold or anything like that. We we, we put all those environmental factors into the assessment, and uh, you know Adam Dyer and his team, the officer in charge of Moranbar Police Station, he did a fantastic job. He took it out to the leagues clubs, he took it out to the workers clubs, and they were just so happy. To, excuse me to to promote things to make sure their community was safer because mm -hmm. it's a very transient population in Moranbar, but. Everybody has to live together for at least a few nights. Yeah, <laughs> a few nights. Uh, flying a lot of flying fly out. Yeah, that's in right. This area, Mackay, and um, in the district, do we are we seeing more issues from flying fly out, or is it more issues from people who are more connected I, to the community? I don't think we could uh, point our finger at the fly and fly out miners in any particular way. There, there, there are some that. You know, do get involved in assaults, but I think where we need to be a little bit more cautious is actually bucking exactly what I said earlier, that the there's no Bali anymore, mm. there's no Fiji, there's nowhere you can go off offshore and, and release your, your uh, behavior on other communities. People are coming to Early Beach. Yeah. And they're coming to Early Beach from all over Australia. And that's great for tourism, it's fantastic, but um, we are seeing a number of people who are those fly-in, fly-out tourists who are affecting the, our assault figures there. And we need to start trying to work on them because they're not part of our community. They are mm -hmm. just the people who might head off for a, a weekend with the boys or girls or whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, it's a fantastic place to be. Uh, Early Beach is top class. I mean, I come from the UK. If I, people can't believe I'm only, you know, two hours away from one of the best tourist destinations in the world. Yeah, it's pretty special. It is. And uh, for, for those people to um, come to our area and start behaving in a bad way is not good. 
so larger groups or smaller groups? What? Well, yeah, I, I don't want to be specific in that because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's one person doing that one assault. It's not a group of people all assaulting at the same time. They may follow in later, yeah. uh, but it's the security staff, it's the police officers who are getting assaulted as much as anybody else. And, you know, it, it, that, that hurts us. Mm. That hurts whenever we see a security guard or a member of the staff or uh, the hospital or an ambulance officer or a police officer being hurt, that's us. And we don't like that. Definitely not. Um, so, you know, people within our community, what can, what can the broader um, Mackay community do to help raise further awareness around this, you know, from yeah. the good work that you got, the guys are doing down at the police force and everywhere else, um, the Mackay Hospital? Um, how can the rest of us help change behaviours and raise this awareness? Well, use that phrase, our community is an assault-free zone. Mm -hmm. um, if you need any merchandise for your business, for the place that you, you work or the, uh, the place that you spend most of your time, just contact the crime prevention officer at the, at the police station. We've got plenty of to give out. Um, if you get one of those cards or you want the set of those cards to put on the fridge or, or have around your home, absolutely, we, we can push that out as much as we can. Um, the assault-free zone uh, we put in for an award uh, by the Australian Institute of Criminology and 2019, it actually got an, an award. And the reason it got that award was not because necessarily the design is awesome or anything like that, although I think it is. Mm. Um, it was because it's transferable so easily, so quickly. So we can print those uh, that merchandise out and it actually gets into the community. It's, it's like a, you know, say, you know, this is a 60 kilometer area, don't speed. This is an assault-free zone. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to understand. It's no, no, there's nothing scientific in it. It's just purely saying, people, this is an assault-free zone. We don't tolerate that sort of behavior here. Yep. I'm curious, how have you seen, um, you know, sport and, well, in particular, um, rugby league um, make, make their changes with assaults, you know, yep. on-field, even off-field? Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, personally, I came from the UK 2002 to Australia. I've been police officer for 19 years before that in the UK. And uh, my son was growing up and loved sport. He loved the NRL. He loved the origin, you know, that sort of thing. He was a Queenslander. As soon as he landed here, he was a Queenslander. But what shocked me was the uh, advertising prior to a big match, take origin, for example, uh, where they would just highlight the assaults that had happened outside the game on the field. So not part of the push and shove to get the ball to the right end of the field to get, uh, you know, to put it down. This was because an argument or because a decision had been made in the wrong way, mm -hmm. in their view. And there was a fight and it was called the Biff. And I was shocked to see that there was that promotion of the game through television. Move forward almost 20 years, that's reduced dramatically. And there's the rules within the game, I understand, are very, very stringent. If anybody's punched, they're out for at least the 10 minutes in bin, or maybe even on report for something further you know, after the game. Yep. And I think that's a really big step forward because what I was seeing when I was walking the beat in Mackay CBD, maybe 2004, 2005, people thought they were on a, a rugby field. Mm -hmm. They thought they were just, a, you know, that was what you did. You got annoyed, you just punched somebody. As if it was just a translation or a mirror of exactly what was happening on the field that they'd either seen in real life or on television. And, uh, you know, I, I, I go back to, um, 
I, th I suppose in the 1990s, for some unknown reason, the streakers ran onto the field in, in cricket. And it, they probably still do, but it's not advertised. And way back then, there was probably an unwritten rule said, as soon as a streaker runs on the cricket field, we just move the cameras off. We don't show any of that. The editor you know, will hit the button and say, no, we're moving to the scoreboard or we're moving to an ad break or whatever it might be. And I think that attitude would be really good if we started that here. As soon as the players start playing outside the game physically, They'd remove any any vision, and it's not shown again, and that would be a really good step forward because it would just show to the, the public that, hey, you know, we don't tolerate this sort of behaviour. We love the game. We love a tough game because that's what it's all about. And some of those guys are really putting their lives on the line when they're when they're in the actual game. As soon as that whistle goes or something happens which is outside the game, the camera should be off there. Yeah, not promote it. That's right. Actively. Yeah, I think it definitely has changed um, and for the better and, and especially now also, you know, protecting the head is coming, um, concussion. Yeah. You know, there's lots of little changes happening with that. But yeah, and it's, uh, that's really good because, you know, at the end of the day, they're all fathers, they're all sons. Yeah, and the women too. Yeah. Um, definitely in the same boat. Uh, anything further you can raise from um, within our community that you, you're seeing that has been po positive and some positive changes from your time within the police force, especially in this area of yeah. assaults? And it's it's uh, really encouraging to see that young people at schools are actually getting hold of this. And uh, I, I uh, try and um, you know tell them what an assault is because an assault is a, an, a word which really needs to be defined. And when we go to the, the academy, we have about two pages of assault definitions to learn. Yeah. So I break it up much, much simpler than that for the key words. And the key words are strike, moves, or touches. Mm -hmm. That's almost the first first part of the of the definition. But the two words at the very, very beginning are the important ones. Any person. Mm -hmm. That's you, me. It's the guy mowing the mowing the grass out on the field. It's the guy who's down in the pub. It's the lady. It's the gentleman in the relationship. Any person does any of those three things, uh, strikes, touches, or moves, that is an offense. Now, I then say to the kids, I said, there's another part of the de definition that says without consent. I said, when do you actually consent to be assaulted? I then bring it straight back to rugby league or boxing or, or one of the martial arts. Because you're going in there to test your ability with all that striking, moving mm -hmm. and touching within the rules of the game. Yeah. But if you move into the car park after the game and the guy who you've been on you know, at or the whole match, he comes up and tackles you again. That's outside the game, isn't it? It's quite clearly, it's not part of the game. And the kids start recognizing that. They say, yeah, we'll keep the physical action to the field or to the boxing ring. And we won't have it in our community being our school. And that's really important. And what I also say is if you ever see a fight happening, just be very careful. Because if you provide any positive encouragement to the person who's doing the assaulting, go on, hit him harder. I don't like him either. Kick him He's fat, ugly, go on, hit him harder, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And that turns out to be a murder because of the head hitting the concrete in some way or the blow hitting the head so hard that the person loses consciousness. That can really be difficult for you to get out of because you could be party of that offense. And especially nowadays, fights all over the place are all filmed. Mm. There's audio. And if we need to, we will audio track that voice. If it's a murder investigation, we, we, we don't leave many t stones unturned. And the young people suddenly start saying, oh, hang on a minute. That could happen to me. 
I'm a bystander, what should I do? So then I give them a little bit of a, uh, an idea of what they could do. So I, I, I've made up this mnemonic, it's simple, because I like simple things, because they seem to work better. It's D-I-G, distract, intervene, and get help. So firstly, if, if it looks like the fight's about to happen, distract in some way. Say, hey, there's pizzas, free pizzas at the tuck shop. And most of the blokes will be off those. I would be. Mm. You know, it might be, oh, there's this teacher coming around the corner. Something like that. Just a distraction. Just to give that f couple of moments when the parties can disappear. Yeah. The other one is intervene. Now, this is a dodgy one because police officers, we've got a lot of kit around ourselves and we, we can go and intervene at the, the late night bars and pubs and so on don't want kids doing that. That's not mm. what it is. But if you were walking past a primary school and there were two kids who were grade two or three having a go at each other, and you're a grade 12 boy, I would expect, or a girl, I would expect you to say, hey, uh, hang on a minute, let's go and talk to the principal about this. This is not what you should be doing on the streets. You know, intervention can happen, but it's not exactly the right thing to do all the time. And then the other one is, gee, to get help. Yeah. How many people don't have a mobile phone these days? Triple zero, run to the teachers, run to the principal, run to the servo down the road, get somebody to start getting some help there. Mm -hmm. And that DIG um, mnemonic, as I call it, uh, has gone virtually through every high school. All the high school kids who are listening to this will say, yeah, Nigel told us that. And that helps you not just being a bystander, it becomes an upstander, somebody who actually goes and does something about that situation. So the... Uh, you talked about the filming of um, violence yeah. and um, the, is there any laws that are coming to place where the promotion of it online and um, is that... If it, if it involves a child, uh, that's somebody who's under 18, mm -hmm. it could be child exploitation material. A child exploitation material is sexual images, sexual contact, but it also includes violence. Mm -hmm. So if it's, uh, it would up, be up to each, each individual case, it's not a very easy um, answers say yes or no there is legislation we would have to look at the evidence which is 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 there but certainly uh, that evidence that's been um, recorded on a mobile phone is really very useful mm -hmm. we don't want it to be shared we yeah. want it to go to the principal go to the person in authority to say that's what actually happened at the fight sir you know you might want to put, pass that on to the police and then we can actually see who was the antagonist who was the the, the perpetrator or whatever it might be so it's really important for us to um, look at that. Uh, as opposed to the legislation, it's, it's a tricky one. I don't know if anybody's ever been prosecuted for filming something which is just a fight, mm. but it could be fitting into the child exploitation legislation of the criminal code. Yeah, obviously what we don't want is it um, shared and promoted on social media. And, That's right. You know, it's the opposite to what we're talking about now is you know, promoting and campaigning for an assault-free zone. Um, the other one is that I wanted to bring up from what you just talked about is, you know, intervening. You know, mm. Sometimes the people who jump in to do the right mm. thing and pull someone out end up getting, yeah. be, becoming the victim as well. And that's why I clarified that intervention is, is a really tricky one to work out. Yeah. Uh, you need to understand that you are putting yourself in a really diff difficult situation. I, uh, I have a video from a, um, it, it didn't happen when I was in, working in the UK, but I, I got, came across it on the internet. There's a, a film of um, a bus uh, sorry, a truck driver has been cut up quite clearly by a car. We don't mm -hmm. see that bit, but you can quite see that the, the car is at an angle. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the truck driver gets out and starts pulling the driver out of the car. And he doesn't entertain any conversation. It's just straight on with some blows around the head. The guy gets out of the car and he's quite a good fighter. And that, it basically turns out to be a fight on the street. Mm -hmm. The one person who comes in to sort that out 
is a cyclist on his bicycle, in his Lycra gear, just goes across and says, hey, stop that. And it's very powerful when you see that because that is the, that is what we want people to do. Just be nice and calm and gentle. If you think it's appropriate, and I don't say it's appropriate in every situation. If I'm driving along off duty and I have my family with me, I might not be actually going into intervention. I'll be hitting the triple zero. Yeah. And that's somebody who's been a police officer for, for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, fortunately, I haven't been in that situation. And you know, if I was to, you definitely got to weigh up whether you're in the right um, environment to jump mm. in or not, because sure. you know, there's yeah. a lot, lot yeah. that you don't know as yeah. well. Um, but yeah. what, do you, what do you remember from your um, growing up years of those sort of altercations which happened out of nowhere? Yeah, well, you think straight back to school, and mm. yeah, you, there was always you know, fights at school. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, they're starting in the schoolyard, and you know, or start in the classroom probably first, and yeah. um, you end up being out in the schoolyard with you know big packs of people, and you know sometimes the teachers don't even um, jump in jump in because yeah. it's a yeah. it's a difficult place to be. Yeah, yeah, and they, the authorities have to get called sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, always definitely. You, avoid those situations and you know, i think the biggest thing and even if, like the football field is you never want to jump in and um make it bigger than it needs to be and yeah. you're you're pulling people out and yeah. um you know you need to lead by example that's that's probably the yeah. one thing i need, i recall and remember is you need to be um you know on on the field showing to be the one um you know leading that example to um make sure that it doesn't escalate and because you, you see it and I've seen it in junior grand finals where all of a sudden it's um, it's the whole crowd mm. that's in there. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where the captains have to be chosen carefully mm. because captains and leaders within the, the, the organization, whether it be hockey, basketball, whatever, have to be the people who actually think clearly in a heated situation. And, uh, you know, when they are in control, the whole thing seems to be in control, which is great. Uh, you, you might get somebody who is a little bit um, um, excited and gets excited in that situation, and they're a captain. That's that is really not very good. So, um, you know, it's it's a really tricky one. And uh, you know, I I think back to my days at school. Goodness, that seems like uh, almost a century ago, and there were fights there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it was the sort of um, pack mentality, the Lord of the Flies type of thing of of you know, the, the there was going to be a winner within the school within your your grade Good pride on the line that's right and it was it was tricky stuff mm. it wasn't nice and there were some bad injuries but uh, you know th- by the grace of god we got all the way through it uh, you know i was never on the receiving end or never on the giving end but i was certainly had been in those big corrals of of kids egging people on mm. and it's a, a tough place yeah you grow up quick yes um, let's touch on the footy. Um, mm. I was going to say let's go to a more positive note, but we ended up going down by two points to the Pride, and uh, boys run out of puff just at the end there. Yeah. But um, it was a great game. Nevertheless, it was live on KO. Uh, I think we had a pretty good audience, um, good. good crowd in, and unfortunately, we're not, it's not going our way at the moment. But um, yeah, we've got to buy this weekend, yeah. so. Uh, the guys can rest up and go again. You never know. It'll just change. Just something will click and it'll just happen, won't it? Yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> we've got faith in that happening. So on to uh, Wynnum the following week. And then we're back here uh, June 12th uh, against Tweed. 
Sea Girls. So HTC team went down as well. But the Gold Stars got up. The girls are flying the flag at the moment. That's They're good. going really good. So they'll um, go into the finals next weekend in Brisbane, I'm pretty sure. So good luck to all the girls in the finals coming up. Absolutely. And the Kai girls. Uh, what have you got coming up this weekend? Well, I've just been away swimming in the Great Barrier Reef Games, so I'm, I'm, I'm grounded now. Yeah, recovery. <laughs> yeah, recovery, basically back into the pool, get uh, get those shoulders rolling over again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's quickly touch on what you've just yeah. gone um, and done, so the yeah. Masters Games. Yeah, that's right, the Great Barrier Reef Masters Games in Cairns. It happens, I think, every two years, and I think they missed last year because of that thing called COVID. Yeah. Uh, so they, um, they they had it this year. Uh, there was representatives from every state and territory in, in Australia, wow. and quite often they get people from overseas as well. I think a couple of years ago they had uh, certainly people from Brazil and Mexico came across. Uh, it, it's a fun um, sport to be involved in because you don't swim against necessarily in the race against somebody who's your own age. Mm -hmm. You, I could jump on the blocks and be next to somebody who is 10 years older than me. And the, all the big guns go at the beginning. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, they're all the big tough fellas who, who are still swimming. Got a little bit of weight on them, but they've still got the technique and so on. And the shorter races, they can blast those out. And then you, you progress up. And there was somebody there who's 90 years old. Um, it's impressive. You know, you know, just swimming away. Pretty great and, to see too. Oh, fantastic. You know, and every race was, you know, we were clapping all the time of people doing the great stuff. And, uh, you know, you pe meet people who become good friends, you know, all over Australia and you catch up with them when you go to that city or that town. And, yep. uh, you know, it's a really good uh, master's. I think it's fun, friendship and um, fitness, I think, is, is the, the three things. And what's the qualifying age? Uh, uh, 18. Oh, 18 really? to 25 is the first age group. Then it goes into five-year blocks all the way up to 100 and to yeah, 105, right. I think. Okay. Is uh, it, do you have to qualify? No, no qualification. Just turn, just, just turn up. And, uh, you know, it's um, some of the Masters competitions, you have to be a member of Masters. So uh, we're a member of the North Mackay Sinkers here in, in Mackay. Mm -hmm. But then games like we've just had at the weekend, you can be what they call unattached. So you can just rock up for the, for the, for the competition. Great. Your results? I got three golds, yep. uh, silver and three bronze, one of which was in a relay. So I, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. nine events. So I got placed in seven of them. So Congratulations. I, I was happy with That's that. Great result. Well, thank you very much, yeah. um, Sergeant Dalton, uh, for your time and you know, sharing some of your experiences in the force and, and also um, within your community too. So Thanks, Mitch. Yeah, loved having you on. Um, definitely a campaign that Mackay Cutters were proud to um, also support and promote. Um, I'm just looking around here in our level two corporate area. We need to get some signs up. So yep, absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely reach out and get a few of those and put them up in here. And um, this is an assault-free zone. Absolutely. And the, the whole of our community should be. Yeah. See you next time for Change the Game uh, vodcast podcast. Change the Game. Proudly brought to you by the QCCS Mackay Cutters.